Bet This Podcast. I'm Tyler Raymond, joined, of course, as always, by Char- Charlie Pollock and Dayton Brown. But unfortunately, Dayton Brown isn't here right now. But we still have Charlie and myself, so we're here to bring you guys another amazing episode. And today, that's going to be reviewing the Rams game. How you doing, Charlie? Good, man. How's it going? It's going all right. Thanks. Uh, I-, I feel a little weird not having Dayton here, but that's okay. He... He he wrote us some stuff that we can mention later about the Rams review. So yeah, you know, but yeah, a little weird without Dayton, right. but uh, it should be a good show. Yeah, for sure. You know, and uh, let's just kick things off. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning into this episode. Make sure, really quick, uh, we'll we'll plug all of our social media right now. Dayton Brown couldn't be here, but that doesn't mean you still can't follow him on Twitter. Make sure to check him out at Dayton underscore Brown underscore on Twitter. Make sure to check out Charlie over at St. Charlie on Twitter. Make sure to check out myself at Raymond Tyler M and our official Who That Dish podcast account on Twitter at the WDD podcast. If you're not living there, you should be with all that good stuff. So, Charlie, you've got a crazy story to tell us about everything that happened. You were in New Orleans with all your friends, your wife, and everything. You got to see the Saints kick the undefeated Rams, but tell us about it. Let's hear that amazing story, man. Yeah, so it started by getting down there kind of early on Saturday, and uh, we we didn't think we were going to get into our hotel because we got there pretty early. Um, and lo and behold, we we weren't. So we dumped our bags in the lobby, and then we set out. Let's see. We went to Mina's Cafe over in the quarter to eat like brunch at that point. Like I purposely mm-hmm. didn't eat. I didn't eat. I think after like five o'clock on Friday, I was like, screw it. I'm not eating anything. I want to be starving <laughs> by the time I get down there because I'm just going to eat so much food. There so you go. <laughs> went to Mina's Cafe. We both got a, um, a pork uh, tasso uh, omelet it's really good i mean it's it's this cajun it's a cajun pork it's actually a southeast louisiana way of cooking pork and it's i mean it is really good so we did that um bounced around a little bit in the quarter and then went back to the hotel met my buddy ryan and uh he he actually um yeah he got down there i don't know probably i don't know maybe around one and Ryan is at Ryan underscore LA underscore sports seven. He's a big time Louisiana sports fan and good there buddy of mine. Um, yeah, man. So we met with him and then we kind of regrouped ourselves and then set out for the LSU game. So then we kind of made our way. Let's see. We went to dinner down at Deanie's, which is a block south of Bourbon Street. Mm-hmm. Um and had a good time at dinner, and then, and then when we were at dinner, we asked the server, "Say, hey, where should we watch the LSU Alabama game?" He gave us a great hole in the wall, so we went to the hole in the wall and watched the LSU get absolutely demolished. Um, yeah, it wasn't pretty. No, no, but it was a, it was it was a good time, man. It was it was a cool day. It was an awesome time hanging out with Ryan, and Ryan had a bunch of his buddies uh, from from New Orleans area come down and hang out with us. So we hung out, and then made our way back to the uh, hotel. On Saturday, Sunday, we woke up, and Ryan took us uptown to uh, to a, a little spot up there, kind of near um, in the Irish in the Irish uh, Channel, kind of near uh, Tulane. We had an, a ridiculous breakfast. I mean, I got I got two Ooh. orders of uh, French toast, but it was like bananas Foster's oh. French toast, and it was so good. That sounds really good. I ordered another one. Yeah, man, it was it was crazy. So. Finished eating and then we made our way back to the hotel. 
Um, we actually had to charge our phones up because by then our phones were starting to die. And we wanted to make sure we had 100% battery for the game. Um, mm-hmm. And when we, we stayed over at the Hilton Riverside behind Harris, the casino, and there's that little um, courtyard or promenade area over there with where Manning's is and Gordon Beach is over there and Roos Chris is over there. So we were kind of cutting through there to get over to the Superdome. Lo and behold, we see Marcus Davenport. And it was so funny because, like, literally right before we saw him, me and Ryan were like, God, it sucks not having Davenport, man. And Ryan was like, I yeah. know, it sucks that it's his toe. And I'm like, yeah. And then and then I hear Ryan go, uh, that's Marcus Davenport. And we look up. and Oh, he recognized him? Wow. Marcus Davenport's right in front of us. I was like, oh, yeah, that is Marcus. So we went up to him. Um, you know, a real nice guy. He had a huge crowd around him. But we were able to kind of me- measle through the crowd and get a picture with him. And I told him, hey, man. Just take your time, come back as soon as you're ready to roll, and let's go win a Super Bowl. And he was like, yeah, thanks. And that was it. Then, um, then we made our way to the oh, Superdome. That's awesome. Hit, hit uh, Champion Square and then made our way to the seats. Yeah. I saw the seats from the live recording, too. That uh... it, it was awesome. Man. It was club level. So, like, we weren't in a club or a suite or anything, but it was in the 300-level uh, end zone, which I – I mean, I've sat in every different part of stadiums before, and I think that's my favorite because yeah, going in either direction, I mean, obviously coming towards you is better, but you can see plays open up. Like you can see you can see the entire play opening up, whereas if you're sitting on the side, you better be sitting at the 50-yard line or else you, you're, you're going to always be, you know, looking up at the TV because your angle's not right. And, you know, the people sitting around yeah. us were awesome, you know, just like – it was back to the awesome Superdome days, man. Like, we're winning. It's loud. I mean, it was so loud. You couldn't even hear the person next to you talk. Um, and when Anzalone got that interception, the whole freaking place started to shake. I mean, it was just oh, nuts. It was, it was a crazy, crazy game. Super fun. Wow. That's awesome, though, you know. And uh, it's funny you mentioned the Anzalone thing. Um, uh, I, I read on Twitter, too. I was watching the game at home, of course. Uh, I think uh, I don't remember which reporter or which analyst said it, but somebody was in the the press box and they could literally feel the Superdome shaking, man. Oh yeah, it was Larry Holder. Crazy. As soon as, as soon as I saw him say that, I was like, absolutely, you could feel it a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, it's not that big of a venue, but it's packed, man. And it. Oh yeah. And it was it was fun. I mean, there were there were a little bit of Rams fans there, but not not as you know not that many, and. Mm-hmm. uh the fans really brought their A game. I mean, the dome was just, I mean, it was electric, man. It was just, it was absolutely insane. And and that's saying a lot because I know a lot of people were out late partying watching the LSU debacle. <laughs> oh, that's crazy though, you know? And uh, it's funny you mentioned, you know, just how electric it is. I think we're both bringing some good mojo uh, we are, to the man. Saints this year. Now, we've both been to New Orleans. We've both seen a home Saints game. We've both seen the Saints crush their opponents. Uh, so it's, it's been crazy, you know. I'm so happy yeah. for you. They got to go see them, you know. And Yeah, man, it was awesome. I'm telling you, it's a special year. It's definitely a special year, uh, this uh, this Saints team. So uh, with that being said, though, uh, you know, of course, we got to hear a great story. That's crazy. I bet you all the people at home are going to be jealous. I know Dayton and I were obviously a bit jealous. Uh, I think Dayton <laughs> a little bit more than me because he hasn't been to the Superdome yet. Dayton, if you're listening, uh, go to New Orleans, man. It's awesome. But with that being said, though, we still need to talk about all the statistics, all the good things, some of the bad things from the game. But first, uh, I wanted to mention what Dayton said. Uh, he told us uh, he meant messaged us for the Rams game. He wants to say that 
Alvin Kamara's nose for the end zone was unbelievable. Uh, he had three touchdowns. We'll get into that in a bit. Uh, he's a perfect mix of agile and aggressive where he can break tackles while avoiding heavy contact. And it helps keep him on his feet. This team was so resilient, and I was so close to calling Ben Watson's uh, Ben Watson's two touchdowns. He had one, by the way, guys. But he will be having two kids soon. So I guess that makes up for what uh, Dayton predicted. That was his bold prediction. But, um, he played great. Ben Watson yeah. played great. Yeah, he did. You know, I, I'm really proud that, you know, it's funny with all the uh, uh, with all the things happening right now with the Saints receiving core. We'll get into that in a bit later. Uh, I, I think it's funny that we've got old, reliable Ben Watson here to help us. So I think it's funny. But, yeah, guys, in case you were living under the rock, uh, under a rock uh, the past week or so, the Saints defeated the once 8-0 undefeated uh, L.A. Rams by a score of 45-35. to I'm going to pull up a bit of the stats right now for you guys. So, uh, of course, our gunslinger, our quarterback, Drew Brees, he had a pretty good game. Uh, it's funny, Reggie Bush on Twitter on NFL Network actually had a, a bold prediction. He thought Drew Brees was going to throw for four touchdowns at 350 yards, but he threw for four and had 346. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Close. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, he was 25 of 36. He had a passer rating of 137.0. Uh, for rushing, uh, Drew Brees had four attempts to 16 yards. You know, of course, uh, the Rams aren't really going to put a uh, quarterback spy on so he was able to get some yards there. Uh, Taysom Hill had two attempts for 10 yards. Mark Ingram had nine attempts for 33. Alvin Kamara had 19 attempts for 82 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and one receiving. Uh, speaking of receiving, Michael Thomas went off. He had a career high, a Saints high in the entire franchise history. Twelve receptions for two hundred and eleven yards. He he went off, man, and a touchdown. And he he did the Joe Horn. Oh man, what were your thoughts about that, Charlie? When you saw that happen, it was great. I mean, it was such a like it was such a pivotal point in that game because. Now, even when we were up 35-14, there was not a doubt in my mind that the Rams were not going to come back, man. I, yeah, I, I felt I good that we should still be able to win, but, you know, there was still a whole half of football left, and they're just way too good of a team to blow out like that, you know? Yeah. And I remember I tweeted at one point, I said, it's going to take 50 points to win this game. I remember and, that. Yeah. And that, yeah, that there was third and seven. Um, you know, at that point, I'm just looking for a first down, keep the drive going, keep the clock, you know, chewing. And I mean, Michael Thomas, man, he owned Marcus Peters all yeah, day long, all day. day. It was crazy. And there were times where he was wide open and, and I guess he wasn't Breeze's first read. And, um, you know, there was that long ball that was missed to Josh Hill going in yep. for, it was like a corner route. And Josh was open. If Breeze puts a better ball on him, that's a touchdown. But on that very same play, on the backside slot, Michael Thomas ran right by, I think it was Marcus Peters. I mean, yeah. like, wasn't there wasn't anyone within, like, a 15-yard radius of Michael Thomas. If he catches that, he could moonwalk his way into the end zone. He just uh – -huh. he's great, man. I don't – there's no other wide receiver playing better football right now than Michael Thomas. And he had – he just had an awesome game. The celebration was great. I, I mean, when I got back to my phone or got back to the TV in the hotel, I saw people, you know, being negative about the celebration. Yeah. Who cares? Like, I know, right? I don't understand. Like, 
who cares? It was fun. The crowd loved it. The crowd was laughing and thought it was great. And to me, that's the people who matter the most. You know, did, were his teammates okay or his coaches not mad? But were the, yeah. was the crowd, did the crowd boo him? No, the crowd was happy. It was a funny gesture to an old, you know, an old, lo- like, uh, a favorite in Joe Horn. Yeah. Yeah. The celebration was awesome, and people who are complaining about it, they need to kind of lighten up a little bit. Exactly. You know, and it's funny. When I when I saw it happen, I was like, wait, what's he doing? And then, you know, later to find out he did it, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you're kidding me? Like, I think it's funny. Some people were reacting on Twitter. Michael Thomas is such a quiet receiver. I'm like, you don't really know Michael Thomas, and yeah, do you? you must not be watching Michael Thomas because yeah. he's— He's not really a quiet receiver. He's like he he trash talks. He he literally flexes every single play he makes. Right. Uh, it, it just uh, I, I guess it matters uh, how important he is on the play. But he, like, it's insane what he's been able to do for this offense. He has seventy receptions, and the season's not even over yet. It's only halfway through the year. Halfway and through. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, yeah, to put I think it's seventy or seventy nine. Yeah, yeah, 70. And to put it in perspective, and I will talk about this later, uh, I guess on the next episode about Dez Bryant, but didn't the last season Dez play, didn't he only have like 69 catches in an yeah. entire season? I know. And Michael Thomas, he, he's the, he may, you know, overall, he may not be the best wide receiver in the NFL. I don't really know. What I do know is that right now in this season, no one's played better than him this year. For sure. Absolutely. You know, and uh, it's funny, like, right now, I think that arguably, I don't know if it's even arguable, I think, hands down, Alan Kamara, uh, he had a great day too, guys. Alan Kamara and Michael Thomas are the best running back by receiver combo Drew Brees has ever had in his career. Uh, Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I mean, there was a time when the Saints offense was unstoppable, like in 2009, 2010, it was really good. 2011, it was record-breaking good. And that was because we had a receiving threat at tight end and running back. And that's, that's a, I mean, that's nearly impossible to stop. And exactly. And that was because we had two good players in that, uh, in the, in those particular positions. And I mean, it's expected that your number one wide receiver is supposed to be good. And then, but the fact that these guys are doing another level. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's definitely reminiscent of the 2011 offense um, as far as being high-powered and throwing up points and all that. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not really – I think the first four games without Mark kind of stunted the, you know, the offense, although yeah. we were still you know, scoring points and doing all that. But we're still scoring 40, high 30s, early uh, – uh, uh, small 40s, you know, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, but there were just times during that 2011 season where I thought that the, no one in the NFL could beat the Saints. And yeah, and it's, I, it's kind of starting to feel like that now, um, you know, but there's still some, still, still a little bit of trust issues, but. Yeah, a little bit. Hopefully we'll get figured out along the way. I got off a bit of a tangent. I want to finish reading these stats for you guys. Uh, yeah. Listen at home. So we mentioned Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. They're slowly getting back into it. Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara is being, being his usual self. We mentioned receiving. Uh, Michael Thomas, he went off. Uh, Alvin Kamara had four receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown. Benjamin Watson had three receptions for 62 yards. Another pretty decent game for the old man there and a touchdown. And then we had Traquan Smith slowly stepping up a little bit here and there. He had two receptions for 23 yards and a touchdown. And then you had other players like Josh Hill, Zach Lyon, Mark Ingram all catching. 
Uh, a couple balls here and there. So as far as the defense for the Saints, DeMario Davis, of course, for another week, uh, led the Saints in tackles. He had seven total and uh, two assisted. As far as, uh, like, sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, the really main one to talk about was Alex Anzalone. That was the main uh, thing that really changed the game for the Saints. In the very beginning, when everything sort of just fell into place, uh, I know you can uh, talk about it for sure, Charlie, but it almost looked like the game almost could have got out of the hands for the Saints. The way things were going at the very, very beginning, but then you had the interception, and then the Saints just ran down the field three times. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And well, we were like a, like we were up. Yeah, we were up a touchdown, I think. Yeah. And got the interception and then went up two touchdowns. And then at one point, we're up, you know, three touchdowns. But, yeah, the Anzalone play and the P.J. Williams play uh, were two the two, I mean, most significant defensive plays of the game. Absolutely, you know, and that's two weeks in a row that PJ, you know, has stepped up, has has stepped up in 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 times where we needed him to step up, but then throughout the rest of the game he struggled. You know, he the the entire secondary kind of struggled, but bet, yeah. um, but it, at the same time there was little to no pressure on Jared Goff. I mean, yeah. their offensive line really did a good job of shutting our guys. I mean, I don't think I don't even I don't think Cam Jordan had more than one one quarterback hurry. And that's it. Yeah, yeah it, it was nuts, you know. And I think going forward, I think obviously it's going to be hurting right now without Davenport. But hopefully hopefully somebody can step up in a way that helps. You know, I think Sheldon Rankins played decent. You know, there were a few plays where he really stepped up and almost threw the opposing offensive lineman. He was on like a rag doll, you know. And But I, I think hopefully it'll get better. You know, on the same side, though, their amazing defense, the Rams, that they paid millions for, didn't get one single sack on Drew Brees. So I think that's pretty awesome for our offensive line, despite everything we've gone through, to not let Endemic and Sue or Aaron Donald or anybody, even Dante Fowler, when Mark Ingram pancake blocked him, uh, uh, get anywhere near Drew Brees. So I'm pretty happy about that. That was know? great. The Dome loved that too. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I can't tell you how many people... Uh, retweeted it on Twitter. I, I saw it, you know, and yeah. I, at first I didn't pick it up, but then I saw it like, yeah, let's go, Mark Ingram, you know, and oh, man, it was awesome. For the Rams, though, for their stats, uh, they were pretty decent. Uh, you had Jared Goff going 28-40 for 391, three touchdowns and a pick, of course, to Alex Anzalone. Here's the main stat for me that I'm pretty happy about. Todd Gurley, besides his longest run of 23 yards, uh, he was held to 13 attempts for 68 yards and a touchdown. So pretty decent work by the Saints defense there. Uh, receiving uh, doesn't look as pretty. You had Brandon Cooks uh, having 114 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you had Cooper Cup having 89 yards and a touchdown. And then Robert, Yard, uh, Robert Woods had 71 yards. And Cooper Cup and Robert Woods both had five receptions. So other than that, though, wasn't too bad. Anything that stuck out to you, Charlie, that you want to mention or anything good you saw from the Saints that we can use going into next week against the Bengals? Well, obviously, the, the run defense's um, ability. Legit. To, yeah, I mean, it, it is legit. It's legit because of all, all three levels of the defenses working in concert to stop the run. The defensive tackles are doing a good job of occupying blockers. The linebackers are doing well at filling holes and making tackles, and the secondary guys come up and are getting involved as well. I mean, 
And honestly, that what he got sixty nine yards or something like that, or set or yeah. eighty something yards, whatever. It, I mean, some of that is skewed a little bit because he broke a twenty twenty five yard yeah. run up the middle. Um, exactly. You know, you, you take that away and put it down to what the his average was for the game, and that changes even more. What kills me is that there are times when you watch the Saints secondary, you watch quarterbacks complete passes, and it is just way too easy i, I mean like we could do it this at this point yeah the, we could be making those the, throws the wide receivers are have plenty of separation and the quarterback is sitting there with you know all the time in the world to throw the ball and it, it, it's just way too easy man and that that has to stop i mean i love this run that we're on i love that we've won what seven games in a row yeah seven straight and now. it's fun and it's exciting but I mean, it's got to get better. It has to get better because we will eventually – it wasn't the Rams this time, but it could be the Rams next time. It could be Carolina. Could be and let's pretend we make it to the Super Bowl. It could be the Chiefs. It could be the Patriots. It could be the Steelers. You're gonna, we're going to come across a team that is going to make us pay for not being able to consistently defend the pass. And exactly. if you look at the stats, the the Saints are the worst team in the league as far as uh, touchdowns in the red zone. So when people get into our red zone, they're scoring touchdowns. Yeah. And we're able to cover that up because our offense is also scoring a lot of touchdowns. But it's, sooner or later, if our defense isn't tighten up on the back end, we're going to come across somebody who's going to absolutely make us pay because it's the NFL. You know, and I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. You know, I think it's like at this point, I bet you can agree with me. I know Dean at home, he's listening. He could agree with us too. I haven't seen enough from Eli Apple to definitively say he's better than Ken Crawley right now. No, you know, not at all. Not yeah. At all. You know, and Ken Crawley, sure, he, he's had his bad moments, but there have been plays where he, he hasn't been great, sure, but he's been decent, you know, where he's held his own uh, from occasion to occasion. You know, just it's going to happen, you know, and you mentioned it. The Saints, if they want to be a Super Bowl team, they need to get better on the the secondary, you know, and Lattimore is playing okay. Sure, he gives up a catch here and there, but he's aggressive. He knows what he's doing. He's a confident young playmaker, you know, and let's flash back all the way back to uh, 2009 to 10 when the Saints won the Super Bowl. They were led by Will Smith, Tracy Porter. They're, the defense, first of all, was getting the opposing offense off the field. You had Will Smith and all these playmakers getting sacks, getting pressure, getting opposing quarterbacks, even great ones like Peyton Manning, Brett Favre to uh, to throw reckless turnovers. Yeah, I mean, a secondary that was flashy, you know. And yeah, we just don't have this um, right now. You know, we we led we really led the league in turnovers that year, and it wasn't even close. You know, I mean, it seemed like every game, you know. Darren Sharper was getting an interception exactly. or pick six or Tracy Porter was coming up big. Vilma was coming up big. I mean, what what made that defense good enough to win the Super Bowl was it was really Vilma being the quarterback of that defense and, yeah. and matching wit for wit versus opposing quarterbacks. And talent-wise, I think this defense is fine. It's definitely talented enough to win a Super Bowl, you know, considering health, as long as Marcus Davenport comes back and – and we stay relatively healthy going forward. Um, but it's just got to click on the back end, man. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, but every time you see, uh, 
you know, a big play or a big reception or a touchdown. I mean, the guys immediately look at each other like, what are you doing? What, you know, is that like, me? Is how it? that just happened? Yeah, it's like, dudes, what are we doing? What? Why can't we? I don't know. I mean, look, listen to me. We're seven and one. But why yeah. can't we get <laughs> we the communication on the, in the trust together on the back end? Because, like I said, it has to happen for us to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. You know, and I think I think in the end, you know, some people obviously uh, yell at Dennis Allen, you know, because of the scheme, uh, the way we're playing maybe cover two, the, maybe the way we're being so far off the line. I think some of it maybe comes down to talent. Is Eli Apple really good enough to play cornerback two? Please don't kill me. Uh, Eli Apple's mom. Um, is Ken Crawley really good enough to be playing opposite Lattimore? We don't know. But in the end, yeah, we'll figure it out as things go, as things progress, as as weeks move forward. You know, of course, the Saints have a really tricky Bengals team coming up this Sunday, and that's going to be a good game. But we figured we, at the very least, cover how great they're doing right now, even though we're being so picky, you know. And it's funny, we're, we're a really good 7-1 team. We just beat the undefeated Los Angeles Rams at home. So there's a lot to, a lot to be happy about. And... A couple of the things I haven't mentioned I want to, speaking of positives, uh, I thought, like we said, the run defense was really good. P.J. Williams, uh, of course, wasn't perfect, but had some really good stops and breakups in the fourth quarter that really changed the momentum, changed the dynamic for the Rams uh, going forward. I was really impressed by that. Uh, the first half offense was outstanding. It was practically perfect. We didn't allow any sacks for the entire game. That was great. Michael Thomas, Ben Watson, I wrote them down. They were outstanding. Alvin Kamara, I'm very happy that we have those three reliable people. Uh, like we said, we'll have to talk about some other time. Des Bryant, hopefully he could be uh, the number four guy to be Mr. Reliable. But let's hope that happens. Uh, and then not allowing sacks. And Drew Brees, he had his vintage moment, you know. And I think, if anything, uh, I really hope he wins the MVP. But I think if anybody looks back at the games that, uh, the games that, you know, like helped put uh, a stamp for, yes, for Drew, you know, to be an MVP. I, hopefully this is one of those games. But what do you think? Was there anything that you liked that we haven't covered yet for the positives? Well, I love the fact that Breeze was untouched. The offensive oh, line. I mean, all five of those dudes could go to the Pro Bowl. And Let's hope. Um, I mean, they, they won't. They won't. Then if I was like, I sent all five of them to the Pro Bowl. But I... they're all having pro bowl seasons. And the fact that drew, you know, was, was untouched this game. um, You know, it just speaks volumes of how good they are. I mean, they have that, you know, Dominican Sue, Aaron Donald, although Donald blew up a couple run plays on when he was going against Pete. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, and not, not only that, but, you know, the Rams had the, the eighth-ranked overall defense in the NFL coming into the game, so it's not like they weren't a good defense. They were they are, are a good defense. They're, you know, and, and it seems like week after week we, we face these good defenses and just do what we do. We played the Redskins, who were the top defense in the league at that time, tore them apart, and then, you know, did, did well against the Ravens, did well against the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Vikings, and then did well against against the Rams. So, you know, the offense is, 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 is very positive. And and honestly, this is without, you know, Ben Watson is a serviceable, good tight end. He's not like a mismatch nightmare. Yeah. He's not what he used to be. Right. But he's, but he's good. And this, you know, this is without uh, an elite tight end and this is without an elite 
or very good second wide receiver that we have hasn't even been himself either you could you could argue that too yeah no no, no. Our, our, in our run game although it's okay it's not nearly at the level it was last year yeah absolutely it's you just know, not i mean we were a top what top five running attack last year and this year we're, we're like top 15 yeah if so, that now. yeah at least I mean, top 20 but the fact yeah. that our offense is performing the way that it has been against such these really good teams, it, it's it's definitely a, a bright you know bright spot, something to look forward to going going into the stretch. I mean, we you know we we just got done playing a bunch of tough teams, and we're just going to continue to play a bunch of tough teams from here on out. Yeah, for sure, man. You know, and it's funny. I think like uh, to an outsider right now, you probably think the Saints' offense is perfect. Like, sure, we're seven and one, but you know, like us around here, we know, uh, we know what's happening, what isn't. So I think it's funny that, like you mentioned, the Saints are still finding ways to succeed. Uh, like in general, we're still finding ways to win games every week, and we're we're doing that, and it's just it's helping everything so much, and it's really making everything go so well. And a question I've got for you, man, when do you think? Uh, not, I'm not going to say when do we think it's going to end, but when do you think we're going to get our second loss if we get a, get a second loss? Do you do you see it happening this week or no? Uh, this coming week on it paper, could be a trap game. I don't know. That's what they say. You know, they, they're calling – I've seen a lot of people mention this being a trap game, and I, I can see the argument for that. Like, I don't think that it's totally impossible. But, you know – AJ Green might be out, though. AJ Green's going to be out. Yeah. He's out. And there's a couple other people that are out. But – even even then, man, even if AJ wasn't out, like this is a team that's supposed to be on its way to a Super Bowl. There there can't be trap games. You know, exactly. Sean can't allow this team to fall into a trap. So I, you know, when when is our next loss gonna happen if it does happen? Um, you know, I don't know. We I, I would say I would look towards um Maybe next season. <laughs> yeah, that that would be awesome. But I would look towards week 15, 16, and 17. That, yeah, that, tough. That's tough. I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, Carolina, the Steelers, and Carolina. And yeah. the, the, the division's not going to be wrapped up by then unless, unless there's a ridiculous injury. But, um, you know, that in there, I, you know, I'm not, not to sound like a pessimist. I'm just trying oh, to be you're real. good, man. Um, in, I agree in, with you. In that schedule, that part of the schedule, I mean, they're, you know, <laughs> that's kind of scary. But, you know, we do have one point, and uh, let me pull up the same schedule right now. We we do have a uh, a stretch here. A few home where, games left. Huh? I was going to say, we do have a few home games left, so if things don't look super, super bleak. Well, we no, no, we do have a few home games left, but what I was going to say was, so we have three road games in a row. We're at Dallas, at Tampa Bay, and then at the Panthers. That's yeah, that's, that's lousy. But I mean, I mean, you got you know, Eagles are looking better. The Falcons are absolutely trending up. And then you're at Dallas. Dallas is struggling right now. I, I get it, but they're still good enough to beat. You know, to I wouldn't put it past them. Although you know, we're recording this episode on Thursday. We got some pretty wild news that we're going to break down. Uh, on our next episode. So yeah. at, Dallas, at Dallas is going to be a fun game to watch. At Tampa, we lost at Tampa last year. We do lose at Tampa. We we That's not a place where we can go in and, and automatically know what we're going to yeah. win. Nothing's guaranteed. That's, yeah, and then at the Panthers, that's going to be tough, man. And then home against Steelers, home against the Panthers again. That I, I don't you know I don't want us to lose again. I don't want us to Neither do I. But 
I can see it happening. I mean, come on. This is the NFL. These teams are all good that are on the rest of these teams that are on our schedule, except for maybe the exception of the Buccaneers, just because they found themselves a hole. The rest, <laughs> the rest of these teams are playoff caliber teams. And even the Cowboys, because the NFC East isn't, isn't completely wrapped up. Exactly. Yeah, man. So. You know, but I, I think it's going to be good though, going forward, you know, um, Gotta be. I'm, just trying to think anything else I really didn't mention. We mentioned the negatives. I think the Saints going forward to next week still need to improve on the secondary lack of the pass rush, not getting sacks. We mentioned that. We mentioned everything. But yeah. Uh, anything else you had tonight that we want to talk about against the Rams? Or no? I mean, it was it was no. a good game. It was a statement. It was. Win. it was a statement win. I mean, one thing we didn't mention, something that I don't really care about, but a lot of fans kind of pay attention to our power rankings and i think if you look across the board on all the main about ones yeah sites we're all we're all number one which to me just means we're getting respect um but you know I, that 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 to me i don't really care about man i just care yeah. about the end of the year what your wins were and what your losses were and if you prefer us to be underrated if you ask right. me yeah i oh i i dude i prefer us to be underrated because i think we we're kind of that scrappy team with the chip on our shoulder and and that's a way to develop a big chip is to um not you know, get to respect. Not get to respect. But, you know, as far as wrapping up the Rams game, like I said, I thought it was awesome that we were able to gobble up an MVP uh, candidate in Todd Gurley. Um, he he played very well, but he struggled the most in his season against us, and that's just because of how good our run defense is. So that was a yeah. big plus. And then making some crucial that. plays when we had to make them. Um, I know P.J. Williams had a stop at the end of the game, and I believe there was a long ball up the sidelines to Todd Gurley um, that looked like it looked like it was going to be a score, but P.J. recovered, man, and he and he he had a good play on that. And Alex Anzalone getting his first interception that was that, that was, was awesome. awesome. And uh, yeah, man, the dome is back and rocking, and people were dancing, having a good time, and high fiving. So Saints are on a roll, man, and I, I can't wait. You know, neither time, man. Every you know, week is awesome. like a party. Uh, I feel like it always is, you know, especially like we've seen it firsthand. Guys, if you're listening at home and if you're looking to go on vacation sometime, go this year to New Orleans. It's literally crazy. Like, that's all I can say to describe it. Like, the people you meet, it, it's like a second home away from home, you know. But uh, I think that's all the time we've got for now for this episode. We appreciate you guys tuning to this amazing episode of Who That This Podcast. Uh, for all of our social media, we mentioned it earlier, but we'll mention it again in case you guys are listening. So make sure you check us out on Twitter at uh, Charlie Pollock for Charlie. Uh, actually, it's St. Charlie for Charlie Pollock there. Uh, Dayton Brown, it's at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. For me, it's at Raymond Tyler M. For Who That Dish official podcast account, it's at the WDD podcast. Make sure you check out our uh, next episode. I will announce. Our official winners of the people that are receiving the books uh, from Quinn Early. We appreciate him coming on uh, a couple weeks ago. But yeah, guys, and make sure to check us out on Facebook. Uh, just search Who That Dish. And for podcast episodes, just search uh, iTunes and Spreaker.com. Just search the Who That Dish podcast. You'll find us there. But as always, we appreciate you guys listening. And Who That? Who That? <laughs>